Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Bishop, for trusting me, allowing me to be up here. And um, flow in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So tonight, I've been trying to fill out God and fill out the flow of things. And it's so easy to get into the box of what we think it's supposed to be. Brother Phil said it a minute ago. We know you show up, you do X, Y, and Z, check out, and you go. Well, it's the same thing when you feel like you got to minister or you feel like you got to say something. You feel like you have to have things together. And uh, every time I've put things together, it doesn't go well. So, but one thing that God has been teaching me for a couple of years is to trust. It doesn't have to be a loud, boisterous word. It doesn't have to be a loud, boisterous feeling. It doesn't have to be a scripture that jumps out. But you just listen. You just listen. You don't have to do a lot of things, but you do have to be open. And the flow tonight is a little bit of a, a rest and slow. And tonight, while we were pre-service prayer, I was trying to feel some things out. I've got a couple of scriptures that were kind of back up. It's a safety net that if I have to say something, I do have something I could say. But you want to be in the flow. And so tonight, there's been a little bit of a, of a rest, and we're going to overcome and different things like that. And I'm reading the Bible chronologically. Chronologically is it does it in a timeline order. It's not... Um, traditionally Genesis, Exodus, blah, 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 all the way through. But it really blew my mind, the order of things. And I've found over the years reading the Bible from front to back, it takes me a couple of years. I can't do it in a year. It takes me a year and a half, two years to start Genesis, to go to Revelation. But I, I have found that in order to almost understand the New Testament, to understand what Jesus did, who he is, you almost have to understand the eternal purpose of God from the beginning. So just starting at the New Testament, you're not going to understand why Jesus did what he did. But when you read from Genesis, you read he, he, he made us, made, made us humans. You read through, he gets a people. Bishop read part of it today. Abraham is the father of the faithful. The first one to tithe, the first one that really that a lot of us preach about. And God said, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. Bishop read it this morning. That everlasting covenant is you and I as well. It is me. And that desire that God had for Adam and Eve, that desire that God had for Abraham, that desire that God had for Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and the children of Israel, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament, is us. And reading it chronologically, some of the major and minor prophets, they were alive at the same time. And if you read the Bible traditionally, you have no clue that there are prophets talking to each other. Jeremiah and Isaiah, um, um, Ezra, and, and all of these prophets are alive at the same time. Some of them even talking to the same king. But here recently I've gone through Ezekiel, and I got into Ezra yesterday morning or this morning or something. And I, I could be wrong. When you read through Ezekiel, God gives Ezekiel, he says, say this. Here's a dream, here's a vision. I want you to say this. I want you to prophesy this. And you see the promise that God has for a people, the love he has for a people, bringing them out of bondage, bringing them through the desert. That entire story of, of them getting to the promised land. But you also read... That same people, children of Israel, that same people being idiots. Say it plainly. 
I've said it before, they lived for God as long as the king lived for God. But as soon as there was another wicked king, they all backslid. Probably very few were still staying saved. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And the Old Testament, is in a, it's like the entire book is about those people or books about those people. But in Ezekiel, and you all know the story, that God took Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. I think the Bible even says very dry bones, making an emphasis on it's not just dry, it's, it's really bad. I could be wrong, but it seems as if when Ezekiel prophesied to those bones, again, reading chronologically, Things begin to go from downhill. The temple's destroyed. Uh, everybody's out of Jerusalem. There's wicked kings in there. Um, um, the the um, uh, Judah and Israel, they're spread out. They're everywhere. Downhill. The story keeps getting worse and keeps getting worse. But it seems, and I could be wrong. Prove me wrong. It, it's, maybe I am. But it seems when Ezekiel prophesied to those bones, and those bones got together, exceeding great army. Does that story begin to curve a bit? Does that story begin to change? Now, time, it's not an instantaneous thing. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not bones live, you know, and then the next day life's good because living for God doesn't work that way. Time takes place, and you endure time. But it seems that when Ezekiel prophesied to a situation, over time, that situation got better. The temple is being rebuilt now in, in Ezra, and things are starting to change. Now, I know there's going to be a, a period of time but of, of silence. And then Jesus comes along. What I'm, the whole purpose of saying that is there is eternal purpose that God has for us. And that Old Testament, there are principles in that. We may not live by that, but there are things that happened then that did not die in the Old Testament. They are still alive today. And when Ezekiel prophesied to the bones, nothing made sense. It doesn't make sense that a bone comes together with another bone without ligaments, without blood, without anything. You may be in something that does not make sense. You have done what is right. You're living right. You're trying your best. You're doing your best. But nothing makes sense. Why? 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 But the eternal purpose of God, the eternal love of God for you and I is always there. It is always there, especially if you're in this room. It will not leave you. Even though things look chaotic, they don't make sense. That eternal purpose that God has for humanity, for a body of people that he calls his bride, is alive. It does not go away. Your situation tells you it does go away. Your situation tells you it won't work. See, it's been 400 days. See, it's still not working. But trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Fireworks aren't blasting in that period. Silence is probably taking place in your life when you're trusting your God. It's quiet. It's a desert. The things you want are, are broken. The things you desire seem like they're out of reach. The things you've tried to do haven't worked yet. 
And I don't even know how loud Ezekiel got when he prophesied to the bones. When he said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Thou knowest, Lord. Steve, can your situation change? You know, Lord. Desert, quiet. As awkward as this is, quiet, that's living for God. When you're by yourself, they're not playing in A flat and things are going and you're by yourself. You're trying to pray and you're stuttering. You don't even know the words to say. Have you been there? You don't know what the words to say. You don't know how to pray it. You may pray for 30 seconds and now you're, what do I do now? Seems like you can pray for the whole world in two minutes. And then you're like, what do I do now? But a valley of dry bones. A valley of, of quiet. A valley of nothing makes sense. A valley of where am I going? Somebody asked me one time, Steve, can you give me some advice? And I said, yeah. Be consistent. Consistent. Constantly pursuing. Guess what? People are going to do laps around you. You, you be wherever. Your peers are going to do laps around you. Or you may do laps around them. But being consistent. One foot in front of the other. Now, Ezekiel is in a, a vision, a dream, in the spirit. And he says, can these things live? And it doesn't say that he got all mad and boisterous preaching like Pentecostal preachers. It doesn't say that there was an organ in the background. It doesn't say, it doesn't even talk about other people around. I don't know if it was at night. I don't know if it's raining. I don't know if it's cold. I say that to, to, to explain us. By yourself, can it live? That's the determination we have to have is it doesn't make sense, but it's going to live. This thing's going to work. Hasn't yet. This thing's going to work. Wake up the next day. This thing's going to work. Somewhere in Psalms, it says that uh, David or whoever it is, he says, make me to hear joy and gladness. That's something about bones that you have uh, broken can, can rejoice again. Can we have faith with broken bones? Can we believe through a horrible situation? Can we just stay consistent through something that doesn't make sense? Makes, makes sense. As awkward as this is, this is Monday morning when you get up, you and Jesus. That's where the rubber meets the road. Those bones can live. Those bones are not there to tease you. Ha ha, you'll never have this. See what you used to have? They'll never come alive again. Those bones are there for you to tell them to get up. Maybe something you had fell apart. Maybe there's something that you've desired and you just you kind of see it, but it's just never got together. Awkward. Maybe even a whisper. Bones live. Ministry live. Family gets saved. I'm going to break through this thing. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to struggle anymore. I can get a, I can get a better job. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop cussing. 
quiet. A preacher will get you to scream and clap your hands. But the issue is Wednesday, he's not there. Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock when your boss just fired you, I'm not on the bass guitar rocking. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm saying... Is, is so easy here. It's so easy here. But Thursday at 2 o'clock... Why aren't you on the piano? <laughs> Your bones are going to live again. Pastor said we're in a season of rest, but not relaxing. These beautiful trees six months ago were horribly ugly, but they didn't die. They're just in a season of not shining. Not shining. They're not doing anything. They're just there. You ever felt like you were just there? I'm just here. I'm not going 100 miles an hour. I'm just here. But I'm consistent. I'm going to live for God today. May not run around. It's going to get awkward and quiet. But I'm going to live for God. And the bones that are broken, will rejoice again. Those things will live again. Miserable times some days. <laughs> but God has an eternal purpose for us. That eternal purpose is to see us on a, on a, on a, a, planet, a place, wherever he's made for us, that mansion that he's preparing for us, that started, by the way, in Genesis 1. When he made us, made us last and said, I'm going to make something that loves me back. And I'm going to be with that thing through thick and thin. You read that Bible chronologically from start to finish. His love never stops. Now, people are idiots. People walk away. We've, I've only been in this thing uh, 20 years now, I guess. There are people that I thought, man, they're going places, and they're, they're nowhere to be found in a church right now. Some of us have grown up with people that aren't living for God right now. But that eternal love of God does not fade away, doesn't go away. It's always there. Quiet like this, but it's still there. And somehow, in that quiet time, in that awkward time of, this doesn't feel like it felt Sunday morning. It doesn't feel like it felt that Bible study. Somehow in that, there is a peace that I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning I'm going to live for God again. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to become a friend of God. As quiet and as awkward as Steve Lockwood preaches. I'm going to love Jesus. I joke to get you to laugh. That's all it is. Some days I'm scared to death to do things. Larissa, there is a pull both ways on, your, on, on both sides of you. One pull to just pull you out because that side hates your guts. And the other side that you have somehow held on to is pulling you. That love of God has never left you. You, you have found a special place somehow through everything you go through, a special place in God's heart. And that's why you still show up. You may not have the support you want. You may not have the things that just say, go do it, Larissa. But the eternal love of God is for you, Larissa. And your bones are going to live again. 
Your purpose is still alive. Why don't we raise our hands right now and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. Your bones are going to live again, church. Your bones are going to have joy again. Just be consistent. One more time, why don't we lift our hands and receive that tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, that's it. There's a flow here. Receive that word right now. We receive it, Jesus. Come on, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're getting a buy one, get one free deal here tonight, so I think I'm the free one. Uh, I've got 15 minutes, that's what I've been told, and I am submitted, so I'm going to, I don't know that I've accomplished anything much in 15 minutes, but we're going to try. Um, Luke chapter 5, and we'll start with verse number 4. Uh, Jesus had been talking to the multitude and teaching them from uh, the boat of a couple fishermen. Verse number four says, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in another boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they both sank. So they both sank. I'm going to talk about for just a very short amount of time here, that little statement that Jesus made to Simon Peter. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. What I want to talk about just for the next few moments is that there's provision in the deep places. There's provision in the deep places. Simon Peter was, was someone who uh, was a professional fisherman. So this wasn't some tourist that came along and, and, and wanted to go fishing and couldn't find a place to fish and didn't know what he was doing. Uh, not only was he a professional fisherman, but he was also more than likely had fished those waters since he was a little child. He knew how to fish. He knew where to fish. He knew what he was doing. But the Bible says that he had, he had fished all night long and had caught nothing. He had done everything that he knew how to do, and nothing came of it. He didn't, he didn't have, make any progress, and all that, that he had done was for naught, and, and he was ready to wrap it up and go home after Jesus had got done teaching. But Jesus said, he said, no, what I want you to do is I want you to go a little deeper, and then I want you to cast your nets. And Peter looked at him, and Simon looked at him, and he said, you know what? I, we've done everything we know how to do, Master. I, I, I know, hey, you're, you're a teacher. You're a carpenter. That could have been his attitude. Hey, buddy, you're a carpenter, man. Leave the fishing to us. I know what I'm doing. But there was something in Simon that said, you know what? Nevertheless, it's your word. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And the Bible says that he went and he cast his nets. And we know the story how that when they pulled up the nets, there was a great amount of fish. And, 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 and that fishing trip all of a sudden became a great success. But something had to happen before they brought in all those fish. He had to say, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to the word of God. I'm going to be obedient to what God has told me to do, what the master has told me to do, and I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to go into a place that's deeper than where I've been before. There, see, I know what I'm doing. I, these waters that I've fished right now, and, and God gave me this word this afternoon, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I thought, Lord, you know, this is going to be low-key tonight. I, I just want to preach something nice and, and move on and go home. And, and, but he said, no, you're going to, this is what I want you to say. So I'm going to do what God told me to do. He said, you know what? I, I, I've fished these waters before. I know how to bring 
production out of these waters. And he had fished him and fished him and fished him, and he knew what he was doing. But there came a time in his life where those waters that he had fished before no longer brought production. Those places that he had drawn from before, there was no fish there anymore. And Jesus said, you know what? If you're going to become produced and you're going to get what you want, there's a place that you're going to have to go to, and that place is a place that's a little bit deeper. There's somewhere there that you're going to have to go that's deeper than where you've been before. There's places that you... You're comfortable operating in. There, 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 there's, there's times and situations that you know how to act. You know how to do things. You know how to operate in that. But Jesus is saying, no, if you're going to get to where there's provision, if you're going to get to where I want you to go, you're going to have to have faith and step out and say, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than where I've been before. I want every young person to hear me tonight. A lot of you have just come from camps and, and you go to youth conventions and, and I, I sat and watched. I took a group of you up, up there Friday night and I watched you during worship service. And I'm not, I'm not being harsh or hard on any of you or anybody. And you, you got up there and you worshiped and you danced with the music and, 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 all, and that was great. That's where you need to be. But I've come to tell some of you that, that just dancing with the music with 500 other kids, there's going to be a time in your life where you're not going to find anything. It's not going to produce anything. And you're going to fish in that pond and you're going to say, hey, I, I, there was a time that I could come and I could get goosebumps and I felt good. And that, that got me through another week and that got me a new, through another day and, and maybe a Sunday morning or a Sunday night worship and, and all that. And it got me through, but, but I, I'm fishing there and I can't find anything anymore. And you're going to have to find a place of depth. It's good to worship. It's good to be involved in those things. But I'm going to tell you right now, and God has been speaking to me about some, some of you and my children and some of the other you. You're going to have to learn. And listen to me. I want you to listen to me right now. You're going to have to learn how to be alone with God. You're looking at somebody who has made a lot of mistakes. And there's, this is somebody that, that, that has failed God before. And there's a lot of things that I wish I could do different. So I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But I can remember as a little child, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, being down in my room in a basement all by myself laid out on the floor crying before God and seeking God's face. If you're going to make it in this hour, if you're going to make it in this world, the enemy wants to come and destroy everything around you. He wants to destroy you. If you're going to make it, I'm come to tell somebody, you've got to find a place of depth in him. You've got to decide right now, hey, I'm going to get alone with God. I'm going to get a relationship with God. I'm going to walk with God. It's not just about me coming with other people and worshiping and shouting, but I want something that's deeper. I want something that's going to sustain me. I want something that's going to keep me. There are places, and I, I don't fish a lot. I wish I had more time to fish, and I did it more. But there's places on lakes that are called public access. They're public access places, and they're nice. They're, they're real easy to get to. There's parking lots right there. there there's, a, there's a dock that you can walk out on and fish. You know, and there's, there's usually a little grill sitting around, you know, that you can grill and, and do your thing. But anybody that's a fisher and knows anything about it, the only thing you're going to catch in them places is little baby bluegills about this big. Oh, you can go there and catch them all day long. But that's all you're going to catch because that's the easy place. That's the public access place. That's the place where it's easy and convenient to get to. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to catch them big ones, you're going to have to get a boat are you going to have to go out somewhere? You're going to get along where nobody else is at and those secret spots, you know, them, them, them honey holes that guys know where they're at and they get in there and they catch them big bass or them, them, you know, them big catfish and they know where they're at, but they have to go. They have to put in some effort to go and they're going where everybody else is not. 
See, it's very easy to go to those public access places and fish and catch a little thing and get a little buzz and feel a little good. And, oh, I, I got some goosebumps and I felt good and, I, I, you know, I'm good to go. And, and that lasts for a minute, but that's just a little fish. God saying, you know what? I've got something bigger that I want for you. I've got something greater that I want for you. But you're going to have to get off the beaten path. You're going to have to go where other people are not willing to go. You're going to have to dig to places that other people are not willing to dig. He told Simon, Simon, you've got to cast out into the deep. I know you've fished these waters before. I know this is the place that you can feel comfortable in, and you know how to catch fish here. But it's dried up, and he's saying, now, I've got something deeper. I've got somewhere that I need to take you that's deeper. We've all heard this analogy of baby birds, and I, I, I'm reminded of this because I just seen one the other day. A baby bird will get to a certain place and a certain size and a certain age, and that mama bird or dad bird, whatever species it is, whoever's taking care of it, believe it or not, some animals, the, the fathers take care of them while the moms go do whatever they do. <clears throat> but at some point in time, that baby bird is comfortable in that nest. And they've had mom come and feed them and feed them and feed them. They don't have to struggle. They don't have, they're just hanging out. And mom comes or food comes, you know, several times a day. They reach up and there it is. But there's some time that that stops. And I know there's some people that feel that way right now. You were at a place where you come in on Sunday morning and you just... Boom, and there it is. That'll get me through for a little while longer. And then Tuesday night, you know, we come in, the pastor teaches something. I just, I've got it. And I, and I, I go to the next thing. But there's a time in that baby's life that that mom comes and that doesn't show up anymore. And that feeding time, where, where, where is my food? Where, where is it at? And not only that, what happens is they start taking parts of that nest. They've created this comfortable nest. I feel God talking to some of us right now. We, 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 he, that comfortable place and that mama, she starts taking some of that stuff away. And before you know it, that bird that was so comfortable and, and had a nice soft nest to lay in and, and mama came and fed it every, every few hours, the feeding has gotten further apart. And this nest doesn't feel quite as comfortable as it did before. And then it goes one step further. If that thing doesn't get up and get out of that nest, at some point that mom will actually come up and push that thing. They'll push it out. And it comes to a place in that baby's life, that little bird, that's either, hey, you're going to fly and thrive and survive, or you're going to die. And God brings us to places in our lives where it feels uncomfortable. Feels like, hey, I, I, I'm showing up to church and it's hard, and I, I don't understand why I used to be able to come and just just receive, and I didn't have to work for it, and I didn't have to pray, and I didn't have to fast, I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to do anything. I could just show up on Sunday morning, and I got my blessing, and then I would make me get me through Tuesday, and you know, and then we'd come to prayer, and I would kind of make it from church service to church service, and and I would survive that way, and all of a sudden I'm showing up on Sunday morning, and it's not easy anymore. God's saying, hey, it's time. It's time. It's time for you to go to a deeper place. It's time for you to say, you know what, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to get in his word and I'm going to get it in my heart like I never have before. I want to get to a place where I go deeper in him, where I dive deeper into the things of God, where I go beyond where I'm comfortable at, where I go beyond those places that are familiar to me because I need something more. I'm going to that deeper place. A few weeks ago when I shared it, 
probably been about a month ago, I was sitting over there and God spoke to me and spoke a very simple word to me. He said, I'm going to make you fruitful in a dry place. And trees that, Brother Lockwood already, already talked about these trees out here, but what happens to trees when they go through drought and they go through place, places and times where, where there's not water? See, when the rain falls, it's easy. It just soaks up. It's right there. It's on the surface. When it's rainy, it's a rainy season. There's water just everywhere. It just... They can just drink and suck it up. It's, it's no big deal. But when there's something, a dry time comes, you can go outside when it hasn't rained for a while and look at the ground. First thing that happens, what is the grass starts getting brown? <clears throat> because the grass doesn't have no root system. It's just very surface. It starts getting brown. Before long, if it doesn't rain long enough, you can go out in your yard. You can actually look at the ground. It starts to crack and open up, and it's just dry. But we all know what those trees do in that dry time. They begin to sink their roots down deeper. Because deeper in the ground, there's moisture. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter. You could be in the middle of a desert. And if you can dig down deep enough, you can find water. In the middle of a desert, if you dig down deep enough, you can find a place of water. But you've got to dig down deep. You've got to be willing to say, I'm ready to cast out into the deep waters. I know I've been hanging out next to the bank. I've been trying to get by with just Sunday to Sunday been trying to get by with praying here a little bit and reading my Bible a little bit. And, I, I, you know, I've been doing that, but it, it's just, it's dry. God's saying to somebody nice, I want you to go into a deeper. I want you to cast out into the deep. I know you've toiled all night. I know you've done what you know to do. And you've fished the waters that you've fished before and brought fish in time and time again. But all of a sudden, it seems like it's dried up. Jesus is saying to somebody tonight, I want you to go cast out a little deeper. I want you to cast out a little deeper. I know you've searched. I know you're trying to fish those places. But he's saying tonight, I want you to cast out a little deeper. You've got to go to a deeper place. You've got to go to a place that's deeper in me. Jesus told the story. He said, if, if you hear these words and do them, I'm going to liken you to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And we know the parable that Jesus told. He said, the, the, the wise man built the house, pull it up real quick, on a rock. And the Bible says that the floods came. The rain descended first, the floods came, and the wind blew, and it beat upon that house, but it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. It had a foundation. It was built on something that was sturdy. It wasn't built on something that was shifting and moving, but it was built on something that was sturdy. He said, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. The same situation. The exact same circumstances. I want everybody to know in here that everybody in this building is going through the exact same thing you are. I'm paying the same amount of money for gas as you are. Paying the same amount of money for a pound of hamburger as you are. That chicken that just doubled in price on me, same thing. I live in the same state as you do with the corrupt, same corruption as you do. Everyone in here is the same the same situation. The Bible talks about that there's nothing that's new under the sun. There's no temptation that's befallen you but what's common to men. See, the devil comes in, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying, I'm trying to get done in time I'm supposed to get done. The devil comes to us and he'll say things like, hey, 
What you're going through is, oh, that's another level. You're going through something that's a whole other ball game, another level. And you're like, well, they made it. Yeah, I know they made it, but what you're going through, there ain't no way you're going to make it. There ain't no way you can get through that because what you're going through is so much more difficult than what anybody else, you know, isolates you in your mind. And you think, hey, oh, man, what I'm, this is so hard. This is so difficult. I, nobody else in the history of mankind has ever gone through what I'm going through. I know it because I've been there myself. Been in my mind, oh, if they, if they only knew, if they only knew how hard it was, if they only knew what I was going through, they would understand the Bible says there's no temptation that's befallen you, but what's common to men. See, the wise man and the, and the foolish man, the same circumstances. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew. The exact same circumstances. One house stood and one house fell. It's because the wise men had taken time to build a foundation. The wise men had taken time to dig down to some rock. See, back then, it wasn't so much that, that they built, they came in with a concrete truck and laid a foundation out. Back then, what they had to do is they had to dig around and find some rock. They had to find some hard soil, some rock that they could build on, and then they would build upon that. So that wise man, he had to spend some time to search out and find a place to build. He didn't just go and say the first place he saw, yeah, there's a good place to build. This looks nice. Let's throw this up. No, the wise man, he said, I'm going to take time. I'm going to find out where I'm going to build. I'm going to find a place where there's something solid. There's a foundation there that I can build on because I know there's a storm that's going to come in life. I know there's things that are going to come against me in this life. And when it does, I want this, this, this house that I'm building to stand. The storms are going to come. It doesn't matter the season you're in. Like I just said, somebody's been through it. The things we're dealing with in, in this world, yeah, they're a lot more pronounced. I think Brother, Brother Shelton was talking about when he was here and me and him had a conversation about it. The, the things that are going on, they're in our face a lot more, but they're not new. The wickedness that's in the world, it's not new. It's not anything that the, that, that the devil just came up with some new idea, some new plan. It's not new. It's a lot more in our face, but it's not new. The rains have been falling since, since, since they fell in the garden. The rain has fallen. The floods have come, and the winds have blown. But there are people that have decided, you know what, I'm going to build my, my life. I'm going to build the house of my life on something that's firm, something that's going to stand, something that's going to last, not just in some, some, some quick spiritual hype, some goosebump experience, but I'm going to find a place alone with him where I'm going to begin to dig down. I'm going to find a place of depth where I can find a rock that I can build my life upon. God's calling to some people. I don't care if you've lived for God for 20 years. I don't care if you've lived for God for, for 20 days. God's calling some people. God's talking to some people. He, he's talking to me tonight. Saying, hey, Philip Hayes, you're fishing in waters that you've been fishing in for a long time, and you felt real comfortable fishing in them. And you knew, you, you knew how to pull a catch out of that water. And all of a sudden, that water dries up. And now I'm fishing, and I'm toiling all night long. And I'm doing my best, and I'm working hard, and I'm trying to make it happen. And I'm working, I'm toiled all night long. And I don't have anything to show for it. And the master comes walking by. He says, if you'll go you'll cast out a little bit deeper. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you'll cast out a little bit deeper, if you'll find that deeper place in me, there's substance there. There's provision there. It doesn't matter how much the world around you falls apart. 
It doesn't matter how dry the world is around you. It doesn't matter how much wickedness is going on. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter how the rain's falling, how the winds are blowing. If you'll find that deep place in him, there's provision. There's protection. There's a place of peace. There's a place of rest. There's a place of strength in that deep place. Stand with me tonight and let's gather around this altar. As you're coming, Psalm 91, verse 1 through 9, is the scripture, portion of scripture that a lot of us know. The psalmist writes, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He didn't say he who visits. He didn't say he who vacations. He didn't say he who runs there when he gets a little tired and wore out and the world's beating up on him. He said he who dwelleth. He's made his habitation there. It's the place he dwells. It's not a place that's unfamiliar to him. It's home. It's the place that he lives. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I had to look up, I looked up what that, what that word noisome meant. Basically it means it stinks. Say a little carnal term, you know, that, that we say as kids and, and as adults getting situation this situation stinks this job stinks psalmist said he said hey he's gonna he's going to deliver me from the noisome pestilence those things that are pesting pestering me those things in my life that just are always picking at me they're always getting at me and I'm always getting me in a bad mood and get me in that that bad place and, and it's just a place where it just, just everything stinks he said he's going to deliver me from that. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. There's a place in God. There's a place in that deep place where it might seem like everything else around you is falling apart. It might seem like everybody else around you is falling apart and losing their minds. But the Bible says in that secret place, he says it's not going to come nigh you. You're going to see it. You'll see all around you that everybody around you is falling, that everything around you is falling apart. Everything around you is a mess. But he said it's not going to come near you because you're dwelling in the secret place. You're in that place with him. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There's something in me that God, ever since he spoke this on Friday night, he began to deal with me about this. And he's, it, it's been burning in my, I'm telling you, I had something else that I wanted to talk about, something else that would just, I, I, there's, I had something else that I wanted to do, but God said, no, this is what you need to talk about. It's what he's been dealing with me about. There's something in me that I want to go to that deep place. But even more than that, it's not something that I just want to go visit. It's not a place that I just want to go and visit because things are hard right now and because it's difficult and say, okay, I'm going to go out here so I can find something to get me through another day. But there's something in me that says, no, I want to make it my habitation. I want to make it the place where I live. I want to make it the place where I've set up shop, where I where is my home, where I'm comfortable, where I live at in the depth the deep places with him. I want to get in those secret places. I want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to be with him. I want to be with him. 
but it's going to take something in us that says, you know what? I'm willing to get into waters that I've never been in before. It's not time right now to pray less. It's not time to read and hide his word less. It's not time for less commitment. It's not time for less consecration. It's time for more. God's saying, hey, I want you to go out into the deep. I want you to cast out a little deeper. And he's not saying that just so he can make things hard for us. He's not saying that just so just so he can challenge us and, and push us. But he's saying, he's saying, no, if you'll go out a little bit deeper, there's provision in the depths. There's provision like you've never known. And it's not just going to be provision just for you. See, when Simon Peter, when they drug in all them, them, them fish, he said, you know what? There's too much here for just me. I've got to call my friends. i got to call them over here. Hey, I need you to come help me because I've got so much fish. I've got so much provision that I can't even handle it all. And I need somebody to help me with this provision. I need to help somebody to help me with this catch. But it only came when Simon was willing to say, I've done everything I know to do. I know what I do. I know what I'm doing. I think I know how to do it. But nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word, Father. I'll cast out into a deeper place. Come on, if there's somebody that's hungry for something deeper. If you're hungry to go to a deeper place, why don't you just lift your hands and begin to talk to him right now? Come on, somebody cry out to the Lord right now. God, I want to go deeper. Lord, these waters that I've fished for years aren't good enough anymore. I need something that's more. I need something that's deeper. God, I want to draw closer to you. God, I want more of you, Jesus. Come on, just for a few moments, somebody cry out to him. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. God, I'm hungry for more of you. God, I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. God, I want to go to a deep. 